0: Hey, you might be wondering why you didn't hear the normal intro theme music. You're listening to the Tipsy Bear Radio Show Podcast. I'm Papa Bear here with...
1: George and Roses,
0: baby. And as always, our lovely producer, Danielle. Say hi,
2: Danielle. Hi, Danielle.
0: Uh, We just want to give you a little information. We're going to start doing these special spotlights on drag performers and artists around Berlin. And what you're about to hear... Is the very first episode of many to come. Amen. Yeah, we really hope you're able to either go and see these people, follow them on Twitch, Facebook, Instagram. We'll give you all the information. The upcoming episodes. Yeah, Uh, and if travel opens back up, please find these performers.
1: Right. And yeah, and this is just an opinion on like what we think the best. I think drag performers here in Berlin are you
0: know well also some
2: of the performers that have a really great story. I think right too. Like they can. Share something with the listeners, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They can connect with everyone. So without further ado, keep listening. I hope you're enjoying your weekend or wherever you are in the week. Enjoy. We love you. Hey. (laughs)
1: Oh, happy
0: Saturday, everybody, if that's when you listen to this. Uh, We come out weekly. You're listening to the Tipsy Bear Radio Podcast. I'm Papa Bear here with... Georgia Roses, baby. And as always, our voluptuous and lovely producer, Danielle. Say hi, Danielle. Hi,
2: Danielle.
0: Oh, I hope people are ready for this show. It's one of my favorite things in the world.
1: It's the moment where you are leaving from the the rest of... The world, the news, yeah. the internet. Uh, it's like
0: I used to hear from my old mommies back in uh, New York City. You're born naked, honey. The rest is all drag.
1: Good drag.
0: Good drag. <laughs> That's what we're talking about this week is drag. Um, we're going to have a couple of guests, but our first one is somebody that I just absolutely adore. I hey! I think is a genius on the stage is one of the hardest working queens I know in Berlin Um, and in studio today we are fortunate enough to have Judy La Divina. Say hi girl.
3: Hey.
0: Hey. Hey. Happy every day. Every
1: day yeah. Happy every
3: day. I'm gonna (laughs) take that. I'm
1: so excited to have Miss Judy on the show honey. When I first saw her and I told her this I was like oh oh that's that's how you doing drag. Oh, okay, that's how you do it. You know what I mean? Because I had seen other queens and I already had my judgment coming from the theater world and then she was like, oh, I'm a thespian. I was like, makes sense why your drag is the way it is and how beautifully it's like um, created and like, just formed because it has that lesbian kind of feel to it like there's a beginning middle and the end yeah it's
0: i mean it's it's a proper show my business partner kenny and i always say it, it reminds us of being back like in new york like in the amazing drag bars in new york where like there was a show happening every monday and like you just knew you get like an early dinner or you just grab like you know the fried calamari at the bar like i was talking about right. and then you'd run to like barracuda because right. the monday show yeah. is where you were and i feel like Kenny and I agree that your shows take us to that place, like at Tipsy Bear, it transforms it. It, it makes thank it you. feel like you're in
3: Greenwich Village. Not that it's bad to be in Berlin, but you really get this yeah. throwback. Thank you, thank you so much for everything you just said. <laughs> I can just shut up and you can continue. <laughs> I no, I was like, it's be a podcast of
1: us just like lifting Judy <laughs> I <laughs> I up on it. I'm enjoying
3: every minute, it really means a lot. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy this, this art form of drag and I take it really seriously and I'm always very happy to see that it transform well to the audience and to my community siblings. It means literally everything. I actually remember that day when you saw me first time on stage. I think it was Miss Scotty. Oh, and yeah. We like, were I, sitting in yeah. the judges' table. I was a baby queen um Two and a half years doing drag at the time. I think it's still baby. Yeah. yeah. But, what,
1: what Miss Cotty year was that? 2019.
3: Mm-hmm. thousand nineteen. Eighteen.
1: Was it 18? Was, was it, it was already 18. two years ago? It was 18. Oh my yeah. God.
0: For those of you listening at home that aren't from the Berlin area, Miss Cotty is a drag contest that they do um, in a popular area here. And it's got a famous U-Bahn stop, which is our subway, which is Tour. Yeah. And I
3: also think more than a drag competition, it's a drag celebration, which that's what I really love about Miss Scotty. Right. As a, as a takeoff on pageant, because myself, I would not take part in something which puts this negative energy of competition in between drag artists. Yeah. Right. But I do feel that Miss Scotty is that one platform that actually celebrates it. And Completely. As long as you show up, you're a winner, baby. Yeah. yeah,
0: it kind of reminds me of like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Vogue Balls, in a sense. Like, yes, there's a winner. Yes, there are trophies and whatnot. But it's more about a celebration of everyone right, the right. talents and, they bring.
1: And-, and just so folks know, like, Miss Coffey started only in 2017. So it's a fairly new. Really? And you're yeah.
3: talking with the actual first winner of the competition, the legendary Miss Lola Rose. She snatched the crown in the first The inaugural
1: crown. I, yeah. I did, I did. I didn't know that. But it, like,
3: like Judy said, I was going
1: into it not as a competition, but like to be on stage with some of like an amazing group of uh, performers throughout the city that I was just like, it sucks because you don't necessarily get to watch their art craft on form because they're so busy running backstage, changing, trying to get folks together. And I just looking at it, it was just like I'm came here to see like people turn some shit out that they wouldn't do at a normal bar or anywhere else, and yeah. it was like they're bringing the craft of the craft to the table. And then so, you know, I was honored to 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 get that position, and then being a judge the second year, watching like mouth dropping performances on stage and seeing Miss Judy up there, I was just like. Girl, y'all don't know the shit you see on RuPaul's Drag Race is like nowhere compared to the stuff that you see from Miss Cotty as well. And so, does the winner always judge the following year?
3: Um, it, usually yes. The, the winner and the first runner-up. Yeah, that's why I judged in twenty nineteen. I was the runner-up, and I was literally mesmerized by the level of of art that. The, the drag artist showcase on the stage, and I'm always very thankful for the, for this platform because it gives you the opportunity to stop the regular gigs, and to think for a second, what do I want to bring to the mm-hmm. stage? What do I want to tell to my audience and to a new audience that will be there? Because it's such a beautiful stage, very well facilitated. sox and Light is legendary. Yeah. So for me, it was just I didn't came into it in in a mindset of a competition, nor um gave any recommendation to any other participant in the future to take it as a competition rather right. than as showcase what you're all about right yeah and who was there that year with you if, if i can remember because in 2019 we had of course the winner Miss Godex. yeah which i adore and i was super super happy we had uh, Prince Emra. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, we do love Prince. Emrah. We <laughs> had Jules Airlines back in the day. Now she's going by Jules. Uh huh. Um, was it? Um,
1: um, oh gosh, wasn't Luna TikTok or was that?
3: I think she was in twenty nineteen. Okay, that's right. Yes. Okay.
0: Before we get too far, because we're talking about all these wonderful queens that I know who are and, you know, we all know who they are. But some people at home may not. But first of all, because we're going to get deep in this conversation, I think people like to make a, a facial association. What's the best way to find you on Instagram?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Instagram is the best way to find me. Um, it's at Judy Ladivina. But the actual best way to find me is on stage. So no matter hey. where you're from, yep. just come to Berlin. I'm at tipsy Bear every single Monday and I'm very, very happy to do so we're the lucky I, ones i, trust I genuinely believe that social media it's a great platform to use and remain like keep in touch with your followers and community and um other colleagues that you want to book or hear or she did that right oh right God, right it's really great but i do i don't think it captures the essence of a live drag show there's yeah. nothing that can actually be so if you want to see me come to Tipsy Bear every Monday, I'll be there.
0: Are you okay if we put um, some of your Tipsy Bear performance clips on the Tipsy Bear Radio Instagram? Please do that. We will. All right. right,
1: And that's, like she said, it's like the moment to go to the to the show to see someone do a performance, you like, I like what they do. I might see something even better next time if they they come to the show and exactly. get them booked. And also, like, like
0: your note, uh, George, a lot of people may enjoy drag. Like, I enjoy drag. I love drag. I've done it. Two or three times in my life, I'll show you a photo. We're gonna put it on the Instagram. We'll put that on Instagram too. Yeah, we'll put that (laughs) too. Um, But I don't think a lot of people know how much goes into it. So, like, let's say the competition, for instance, Miss Cotty. Just walk me through, you know, costuming, doing numbers. Like, there's a whole prep that I don't think people really. I think they think it's a boy in a dress.
3: A lot of people perceive it as a boy in a dress, um, but that's because that's what they see as the final product so to say but i think it's really up to and for me drag is not a boy in a dress it's everything but a boy in a dress. drag is much more open for interpretations and it's it's been a a long way since it started as an entertainment for the gays one of my biggest achievements would be to enter a room for a drag show and see that the audience is so mixed and, and we have all kinds of sexual orientations yeah. and, and genders and non-gender-confirming people, which is amazing because drag is not necessarily a man in a dress. And I think whenever you put a show, whether it's Miss Scotty or any lineup, you need to think, what do you want to say? Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy the spotlight, and I really enjoy the stage, and I'm enjoying to pretend I'm Beyonce, but that's not enough. Right. When people come and, and watch a show, they need to be... They, For me, they need to go to the entire range of emotions. They need to be happy, they need to be inspired, they they need to be emotional, sexually aroused. Everything is valid. Immersed. Yeah, you need to to give them everything. Because at the end of the day, I use that platform of drag and entertainment because that's my talent. But I also want to use my voice because I have something to say. And I feel that in many ways, drag artists are the the leaders and the politicians of our community, because we are not represented anywhere else.
1: Right, and is that something, what you showed in just um, the Miscotti pageant and like how you got for me it was important because
3: I, I put a number that was really inspiring to me, and I, and I was on stage together with um, eight gorgeous, beautiful women who really inspired me in this journey of Berlin from the age of 19 to 59. They were all my dancers, and wow. we, we celebrated. I thought you were talking about your age. I'm old. We celebrated the, the, the representation of, of femininity in a way that is not very. I feel that the entire homosexual revolution, and we have so many rights now, and we have pride, it's great, but it means nothing if we're adapting heterosexual norms and we're starting to celebrate mass to mass culture. Yeah. It becomes stupid.
0: Yeah, well, and I, we talk about this all the time. I feel like it comes up every episode at some point, is like the educational side of it. There's so many people that just feel comfortable in what they were given that they just slide into whatever they want to. And it's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. You this mean like is, the younger I,
3: generation? Yeah,
0: like this is what we fought for five years ago. I think that
3: that's the responsibility. We are very privileged to be able, I'm very privileged to be able to, have a dra- to make a living from drag and have drag shows every single month I'm privileged, and that is only possible because a lot of people sacrifice so much of their mm. life and sometimes paid with their life in order for us to be free to do it.
1: But we do that now as well too as drag queens. We sacrifice a lot in our life Absolutely. and our own life to do drag as well. So it's the, still, elders. the fight are still <laughs> still continuing for the other the the later generation for to do that. you Absolutely. know it's like the moment you step out in a dress. Outside, you're already putting a political statement in, and you're putting your life on the line as well because of other external, yep. outward uh, energies coming in to say this is not correct, right? So, then when you do step out and you do do the show, it's just like a, yeah. another, another. I like, I've been using this Ten Commandments thing of mm-hmm. like, yeah. once it's in this stone. It's there, honey, exactly. but, you know.
0: But along those lines of education, Kai like was talking about, we've sliced off some huge pieces of bread, right? We've got marriage. We have job protection. You know, adoption finally is on its way. You know, all these things are there. But it doesn't mean that we still have to pick up all the crumbs. And that's not to say that any issues are larger or smaller. But just because the one you cared most about got handled doesn't mean you turn to your brothers and sisters and say... Okay, what now? And it's right. always
3: your problem too. Yeah, if you're always. if you're gonna stay indifferent to problems of the others, at some point that's gonna find the they're, they're gonna find their way to you.
0: Well, indifference makes you the oppressor. Absolutely, you, know, you right. side with the oppressor. So it's like even turning the focus towards like the trans community. Now I love how much focus is on the trans. Growing up in you know uh, Cleveland, Ohio, till I was thirteen, I knew a couple of trans people. Then in New York City, I met a ton of trans people, and you kind of have them in your orbit. So indifferently i hate to admit it but it's the truth indifferently you just kind of become accepting because you see them out and you have them over for dinners and whatnot but you don't know the whole spectrum of their life and now i feel the world has such this amazing hyper focus on let's look at this group and see what we we can do to help
3: we better we better because i don't see any kind of separation for me if we If we look at the the pride flag, for example. So we have all these beautiful colors. If the gays are liberated now, it doesn't mean that it means anything if our transsexual siblings are not safe. It means nothing if people don't understand the concept of non-binary. It means nothing... If if uh, drag kings are being excluded from from our community spaces, right. yeah. that's also our problem. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, 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 that's the idea.
0: There are no crumbs, right? There's always another slice of There's bread.
1: always another slice. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of one thing about this last thing about Miss Coti, mm-hmm. like juicy tea, okay. any juicy tea that happened backstage of like anything because the drama. I I, I was a judge that year for two thousand eighteen, and that. Being up there, it's a different side because then the next year I was in the audience and I was like, "Hey, bro, you're doing," you know. So I was like went from the stage to the to the judge to being a a peasant, you know, <laughs> and like being up there also is like it's really incredibly hard to judge because uh, first of all, when you go up there, you're like, okay, I'm judging as a as a as a queen, right, or as a king or a performer, right, and I have to now put. All emotions aside of who I know, how I know them, what they do for me, how you know, and what I do for them as well. Because it's like when you come into work. When you come to work, you do this job. When you're friends, you ki ki ki. You know, but like it was really hard for me to see two amazing people that I knew. More than two. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> like, I let let me talk about the tea. Let, me talk tea let me talk tea No, 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 no If I want to be a bitch, I'm going to be a bitch huh? There were two <laughs> oh my God. Amazing performers up there And everyone else did a great job And I give them a pass on the back for doing that Because the competition, or the pageant, let me say that Is not easy But it was, like, and they have the score sheet That you have to, like, mm-hmm. kind of Break it down, as you know Of, like, 1 to 10, 1 to 10 Did they do this? Do they do this? And and mine, at the end, and I'll tell you the little inside scoop, is that God X and Judy's paper were a tie for me, right? And it it wasn't like that because you're not going, oh, I'm going to give them this, this, and then see how it adds up. It just, at the end, everything added up. You just
0: took them individually. Individually because,
1: and and then did their numbers, and then I'm like, I have a tie here. How do I now choose because both performers were incredibly, incredibly amazing, right? Um, and so, um, going from there, when they made the decision, they were like, oh, we have to go with this one because then you add up each other judge's mm-hmm. papers to the one, and I was like, you sure there can't be a tie? Like.
2: <laughs> has there ever been a tie?
1: There has never been a tie. I, it, since it's still fairly new and whatnot, it's only, Three years old. Unfortunately, it won't happen this year. It was supposed to be happening next month, around the same time. Usually November. Yeah, and so. So, so do you have any uh,
0: coffee duty to tea, tea to spill?
3: I, I think uh, also when I was in the in the judges' table the year after, I had to to judge between so many gorgeous artists that at least half of the lineup was a dragaholic babes who started their journey in dragon, in, in Berlin on a stage which. I produce every single month. I had to choose between uh, uh, Camp Dad, which I adore, between so Da Fish, who I work so closely with for three years now, Cupcake, who I live for, and the lineup goes on and on and on. So yes, you do have to make that separation, yeah. but I feel like the, again, I think the backstage, even if I need to think again and again and again, I would not find a piece of drama. Mm-hmm. The only communication I had with uh, Goddix, for example, was we met first time at the rehearsal and it was super nice. And I think um, on the day of the show, I gave her a bit of makeup and I needed something from her. So she gave me and that's what I think is so special yeah. in the Berlin community and especially in the Miss Scotty show. And I think we need to give a lot of credit for Pansy for that. Yeah. yeah. That it's not yeah. produced in a way which will create you shady, which it's rather going to celebrate community value. I feel that if competitions like RuPaul Drag Race would, handle, would be handled the same way Miss Scotty is handled, yeah. we would be so much more comfortable with how we represented on the media and the mainstream media as a community. And I, right. I do think that Berlin is very special in that matter because we all came from everywhere. Right, yeah. And we found each other here and home here, so we have this kind of like, I care for you. And I was very happy yeah. on, on Miss Scotty night. I was very very happy to show up and I was very happy that Godix won. And at some point I was like, you know what? Being second place or being a runner up is such a great position to be because I literally moved 2 years ago to this town knowing nobody. Right. And now I'm in a place where I am known, I'm celebrated and I still have a space to grow. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So beautiful. and what I love is like that you remain teachable, but I see this person who really pushes and also carries so many people along with you, you know, like you're, you're always of the mindset that I got here two years ago and there's so much more I can do and learn, but at the same time, like you just gather people up and take care of them. And I think it's great because you're acting like this. I've been here 20 years, grandmom.
3: (laughs) but I'm I'm a mama by nature. And I think that the fact that the Dragaholic started at my second anniversary within drag, uh, really contribute to that because I half of the dragaholic queens and kings were casted literally from the audience yeah. as I was performing and I saw this person who is lip-syncing with so much passion in their eyes I could not I could not not be the person who's telling them hey you need to be in drag and I'm booking you for next month yeah. and if you need a wig I'll give it to right you. How, so
1: how many children do you have then as as a
3: Ooh, mother, like, like when
1: I say children, I mean uh, not like not as your biological children, but as a as a drag mother you adopt.
3: As a drag mother, mother, I think I have around seventeen kids and okay. counting. Uh, as a dragaholic mama, then it's more than forty. Okay, Q cute, cute, cute.
0: More than forty.
3: Yeah. Oh
2: my God. You look
3: great. <laughs> I know, right? Kind of like I'm actually already a great grandma by now. Oh. Well, I, see, I like okay, see, this is why I
1: stay auntie, honey. This is why oh, I stay no, no, auntie. I'm, I'm trying being the gill. G- yes. <laughs>
3: <take
1: it. laughs> yeah. I'll The gill. I want to go back to something you said earlier. You had
0: talked about this dream of, you know, when it can just, you can walk into a room and everyone's there for kind of the artistic value of drag and it's not just a gay experience and stuff like this. And I think it's funny because it's, in my eyes it's been achieved but so infrequently like you have someone like divine who's famous for the john waters movies you have somebody like dame edna who's famous in the uk and it's it's a shtick they have a a type to them but we've although i hate this kind of because i just feel like it's over this kind of ruthless attitude to the rupaul's drag race Mm -hmm. but i mean like our friends courtney act and uh bianca del rio like they've Bianca Del Rio sold out fucking Wembley Stadium mm-hmm. and
3: my, right, please, sir.
0: I guess my question is for you how without this kind of nasty competition is there a road you see to drag just being accepted as an art form as it is like you could cast a drag performer in any major motion picture
3: um, I think that we need to be again, really appreciating the way we already did and take that as a platform to what we need to do. Yes, there is a way, but the only way is hard work.
0: Yeah.
3: The only way is hard work. The only thing we can do as drag performers is to show up and be the best version of ourselves we can be because A, we never know who's watching. Yeah. B, you're only good as your last show.
0: <laughs> Amen. And
3: <laughs> C, if I... I think it's almost science. If you have a sparkle, if you have a passion and you're willing to work hard for it, no matter when, if you keep on walking, you're going to arrive. You're going to achieve it. Yeah. It could be in the the step 2004. It could be the step 2000. If you'll quit, you'll never know.
0: Well, it's like there's that great um, film with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Robert De Niro where there's a bunch of drag queens that teach him how to sing again. And he's like this homophobe. He was a cop that had a stroke or something like that. I think it's called shameless, but I think also people trusting themselves more, like you said, the courage and stuff, like stepping outside the bars, like write yourself a movie and see if you can sell it or yeah, write a movie we for- We have
3: to do it for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that we are not as we should be represented in the media and there is no example But no one's of... just gonna
0: pick on them. But it is what it is. Yeah.
3: I am very thankful for RuPaul's Drag Race, not because I feel represented there or I watch it myself. Because of RuPaul's Drag Race, when today we put a poster, there is a drag show, it's easier to attract audience. Once they're in, it's on us. It's on us to let them know that you don't need to tuck in order to be a drag queen. Mm -hmm. And that drag is more than just queens. You don't have to shave either. There are things, there are in-betweens. It's on us. And when it's good, it's good. You cannot fake it so for me it's less important the um, how how big is my stage as long as i have a stage and somebody in front of me resp- responding i'll keep on talking yeah. it started with two people that i collected from the street and now they're queuing up because yeah. there, there are no free spaces and they don't and, leave and believe the hype there is a reason yeah, why yeah. there are no free spaces because <laughs> we take our job really seriously and we have a lot to say
0: right so amazing. Well, you're listening to Judy LaDivina on the Tipsy Bear Radio podcast. I'm Papa Bear here with Georgia Roth. And as always, our producer, Danielle. Say hi, Danielle. Hey, Danielle. I'm going to go get another bottle of wine out of the fridge, and we'll be right back. I hope you're having a lovely weekend or week or whenever you're listening to this you're in studio with judy la divina hey, hey, guest, hey. the lovely um anytime i have so many drag queen friends and i just adore them because of the art form and who they are and it's they're always such vibrant people i don't know a lot of like down in the dumps drag queens um so i always try to make sure to kind of capture some of their essence and i always feel it always goes to the same place which is kind of like their life story that then became their origin story to their artwork, because it is such a consuming artwork. It's like, it's professional acting, you know? Absolutely. I The most I know about you, to be honest, is that you grew up in Israel. And uh, I guess you'll tell Correct. me, you'll tell, <laughs> you'll tell us how you got
3: to you. Um, well, I'm still in the process of getting to me. I feel like it's always changing. Uh, I Yes, I was born and raised in Israel to a very small family in a very big family, meaning I was my mother's only child, but one of 57 grandkids. Wow. Just from her side. Whoa. Girl. Yes. Busy. Very busy. Wow. Ha! My parents got divorced when I was very, like, I think I was three years old. And so we grew a lot with grandma and grandpa. So I always had this contrast of being home, just me and mama. And I have, like, it's my palace. Or being with grandma, which clearly I had a very strong connection with, but there I'm one of fifty-seven. Yeah. Good Lord!
2: Um, what number yeah. are you in that? In that? I, I don't know. I, I never
3: <laughs> numbers don't really matter anymore. Never bothered to, to check. But it was it was a really nice contrast. Be- contrast because in there was also another contrast I handled, which was being super loved and surrounded with with constant compliments about. You look great, and you're smart, and you're amazing within my family, and then going to school and being bullied for being too feminine, for being um, not enough of a, of a man. For I was bullied every single day in school, so that made me a very observing, quiet, into my uh, earphones kind of boy, which is great because it prepared me to be Judy La Divina with perspective of time. Um, And yeah, after I finished high school, I started working for a production company, mostly backstage. And then I decided that I need an adventure. After 13 years within the same company, I started from the lowest position. I was the owner of the company five years later.
0: What did the company do? Production
3: company. We used to produce uh, short musicals and perform in all kinds of hotels or doing productions within high schools or... And so and so um, I found myself backstage. I thought that was my dream. I achieved it. It was boring as fuck. (laughs) And I decided I am I'm going for an adventure. So, yeah, after that, I just sold my business half the price. I actually invested in it just so I can have freedom in a way. Um, And I moved to Berlin. With absolutely no plan, I, I actually wanted to to do a PhD in political science because I did my masters in Israel, and I had a vision of political job. But then I arrived to Berlin because I needed some time off.
0: Plans always change in this city.
3: <laughs> it, yeah, and plans in general. It's who cares? And what's your masters then? Political science. Okay, great. great and education. Great. Nice. Um, and yeah, once I arrived to Berlin, I. I took a year off from any kind of obligations and I just wanted to see what happens. And Judy happened.
0: Okay. <laughs> Tell me about that. How did, like, did you meet a drag queen first or were you like, I, I met, feel like getting yeah. a drag?
3: No, no, I, I met a drag queen on my first night out in Berlin as a, like, I moved. Little mess. Yeah, as a little mess. I spent a <laughs> few days crying at home because it was terrible and I was like, what the fuck have you done, bitch? Coming to Berlin, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't Why we all do that? Like, I had a stability, I had an income, I had my life, and I just decided to mm-hmm. buy. Mm-hmm. Then I came here. I was crying for a bit, and then I decided that I just need to pull my shit together somehow, and starting to figure it out. If an if an adventure, then let it all in. So I spent two days at the boiler and then <laughs> went out. <laughs> no, baby, that's a great I place mean, to like yeah. really I, get yourself together. Should think we it's explain? It's a great place to just, you know, to hey, heat up. I moved in February. It was freezing.
0: Yeah. Should we explain to the people yeah, at yeah, home what the boiler is?
3: Yeah. The boiler is a is a gay sauna in Berlin, which is very. One of the cleanest, if I might the add. Cleanest and very social. It's, yeah. not, it's not necessarily just for. Not that I have any judgmental thought about. Saunas who are just sex-related. I think Boiler is much more of a social... The restaurant, event. patio. There's a, restaurant. there's a yoga room. Wow. See, I'm spending my birthday there the next world. year.
0: <laughs> I love it there. I love it there.
3: So, yeah. And after that, I decided to go out um, to this party that I just... The first one I found on Facebook.
0: Which one
3: was it? It was Meshuga. It was a party for queer Jews in Israel, in Berlin. That's how they, they said it. and I was like, well, maybe maybe that's what I need. I spent three horrible hours there. I couldn't. I was completely disorientated. I was like, this is exactly why I left. Was it and like
0: being back in Israel? Somehow. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and then a drag queen showed up. And the second she entered, my job was just on the floor. And I was like, what is that? I want to talk with it.
0: Was it like a dream sequence in a movie? Like oh.
3: She was so casual, <laughs> but she looked for me like, in my eyes, she was the most amazing, glorious movie star. So we had a bit of a chat, and um, apparently she's also from Israel. Um, and I was like, okay, so I'm a director, dancer, choreographer, you name it. I would love to collaborate on anything you need. And then for one year, I followed her literally to every single gig, zipping her up fixing her hair, dancing for her. It was really fun. Mazzy Mazeltov, of course I'll say her name. Uh, she's an opera singer as well. Cute. Um, Incredible. And then we found ourselves in many times when we were rehearsing when she was like, oh bet you're good, you should do it. Or, really? I don't know, I don't know. Then one time I tried it. We painted me, we put me in hair. We went down to the street. I got crazy amount of attention and I loved it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, now I have a, I, I have a tool, and I do love to lip sync, and I do love to to entertain. So, let's give it a try. And then I gave it a try for six months at home, just me and iPhone and lots of weed.
0: Oh, I thought you meant home, like you went back to Israel, L- no, 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 literally no, no. in your home, flat.
3: in Berlin, in my <laughs> flat. I used to paint three times a week, so I can practice, and I literally did how i used to direct other projects that's how i built judy i used to film myself for like three hours just stoned but rolling up my playlist lip sync this lip sync that do whatever i feel like and then take it all off and watch it on the big screen and write notes
0: i mean literally a true you know artist <laughs> like I wow. mean that's, um, it's like watching dailies
3: Yeah, and I watched all the seasons of Drag Race. I literally did my research, all the seasons of Drag Race, just to learn the the scene and the language, because I knew nothing about drag. And then I took time off from Drag Race to read and watch autobiographies of inspirations of mine. Big, big feminine power from Mayangalu to Beyonce.
1: so what about, is there, are there any like Israeli um, queens or like inspirations that you took? My
3: biggest inspiration in life would be Dana International. She's right. a transsexual woman uh, who won Eurovision for Israel when I was 13. And that was the first time I've seen a queer person, a trans person, being celebrated. It showed so much of the hypocrisy of the system because before she was already very successful, but she got very negative media coverage she was the first person i've seen when i was seven answering an interviewer you're not going to ask me what i have between my legs it's none of your business good for her fucking
0: hell good for her
3: she was one of the most important influencers in my life because she showed me that you can be whatever you can do whatever and if you if you're gonna yeah insist you're gonna make it wherever you want to make it
0: I think so. that's another reason why I love, like, the Euro song Contest so much. Because mm. we're so cut off in the States from it. Like, it's just not a thing. Yeah. I came here and everyone goes apeshit for it. There's viewing parties, comedians host things. They keep weird scores. Like, it's a thing here. It's a thing. And Absolutely. it's really it's really inclusive and kind of has been for quite some time i mean it could always be i think as a format more. is a
3: very political format which i totally understand it's also like celebrate nations and flags and everything is correct critics will say a lot of things which i tend to agree with but from my point of view if politics let it be with glitter. Yeah. <laughs> if politics let like, like people like <clears throat> Donna International and Cochita Wurst and Celine Dion and ABBA use that as the platform to spread some love in the world. Yeah. Because politics, it's not all bad. Right. We... The facts.
1: facts. To... Some of them are facts. Yeah. yeah.
3: And we need to also understand from our point of view, because we I feel that we are, as, as a community, the queer community, we're so on the side of politics, that we're almost afraid, because we were so disappointed in the past, to participate in the game. Mm, and absolutely. I don't know how else we can make any difference without changing the rules of the game. Right. So in order to change the rules of the game, we need to navigate within it. So the fact that the Eurovision is a political stage, yes, the fact that it gave political celebration and because of Dana International there is gay pride in Tel Aviv for twenty two years now. Yeah. So I get the prize. You Absolutely. know what I mean?
0: Absolutely listen, I'm with you hundred and ten percent. And you know when she politics won, it was and the R, one time weird.
3: in the history of Israel that the straight football um um how do you call it fans were celebrating on the same day with the queer people with pride flags at the same spa and they all hugged each other and loved each other because she won it.
0: And also thank God the world's changing and those people come together for a hug, yeah. you know? So I wanna, before we go to hit the bowl, cause we got to come in on that segment, uh, I just wanna ask you, what was what would you say if you can zero it in and uh, i know you did a lot of preparation and stuff like this but uh, if you could zero in on your first like public night that judy la Divina
1: was born or where you felt oh i'm gonna keep doing this and also to piggyback that one of your favorite moments of all of all of your shows that you've done okay i love those two questions perfect
0: take uh, it away first
3: show uh, i ever did i left a bit overwhelmed because I was so I, I was trying to be ready for it without realizing that I'll never gonna I'm never gonna be ready unless I'm gonna try. So it was a bit bittersweet. It was a competition. I won, and still, I felt like I was not comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's because I had very, very high expectations from it. Right. But I'm very proud of that moment because it, it it meant a lot for me. And what I realized that day is that, okay, it's not going to be that easy because we love to dream and we love to tell ourselves stories that if I'll do one plus two, I'm going to get whatever I want. Mm. It's not always how it works. Sometimes you're not going to feel so good about it. Sometimes it's not going to work as you planned. Sometimes you're going to enter a room to a show that you expected to be full and there'll be nobody inside. Mm. It means nothing about you unless you're going to keep on doing it. So I had, I had shows when I literally entered the room and there was no one inside. So I stepped to the street and I invited people with a smile and at the end of the night I had five people.
1: Yeah.
3: It's not what I expected, but there were five people who kept on coming back and bringing friends because I gave them a show. Yeah, because yeah. you just kept on. You have to keep on going. And my favorite moment today. All your shows. I can I, I will go even deeper of my life, not just my show. Wow. Mm,
1: as Judy though.
3: As as Judy <laughs> and as the who else would I only know Judy, Judy. I think <laughs> Last year, December, Dragaholic graduation party, um, I stood on Schwutz stage surrounded by 46 queer drag artists that I know that I have a tiny, tiny part in, in their journey of drag, and we all sang together Titanium, and it was the most emotional, amazing, rewarding, inspiring moment of my life because we, 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 we dreamt it, we, we visionized it, and we made it happen. Mm. It was real. And at that moment, the 500 people in front of us and all of the energy that was on stage, I literally felt like an out-of-body
0: experience. It mm. was beautiful. Oh. God, I hope there's so many more of those to come. That's so. There will absolutely. be. There will be. The
3: 25 years anniversary of Dragaholics, Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Arena. Here we come. Hey.
0: Amen.
3: Amen. All right, uh, we're like going to get show. on it. Right. No, yeah, what's before
2: up? we do hit the ball really quick.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say, we're going to sign off. I hope you're enjoying your okay. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever the hell you're listening to this. It'll, you better be listening weekly, and you better be subscribing. You better and tell your friends. Five-star too. reviews. Tell your daddy. And tell your auntie. He's going to like it. Everyone <laughs> can listen <laughs> to this show. Um, We're going to come back and we're going to hit the ball. Welcome back to the Tipsy Bear Radio podcast. I'm Papa Bear here with
1: George Roses.
0: And as always, our lovely, voluptuous producer, Danielle. Say hi, Danielle. Did
2: I did. Stop it.
0: <laughs> She's getting poached by George. Um, and it has been such an honor, a pleasure um it has bettered my life meeting you hey um, absolutely today's just been what we try to keep it a lot of fun and just a a conversation i hope people at home have been enlightened um you're so inspiring i hope i really think it came across and those listening at home are either crying or laughing or getting dressed up or both
3: (laughs) or or all at the same time
1: are you ready to hit the ball
3: I am and not that way, Bow Honey. I'm always yeah. ready to hit any kind of ball. There you go. <laughs> I, right. I miss
1: hitting the bowl here in, in Berlin. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Daniel's <laughs> doing from georgia all right so running his take
3: mouth. Yeah. All right. So the it. it. All right. <laughs> I need to read it. Okay. Yep. Okay.
0: War stories. War stories. So war stories are any time you may have uh stupidly come into danger, whether you were stoned and almost fell off a cliff or you were drunk, but we've survived and we can now laugh at it
3: war um, stories do
0: you want to wrap it up or do you want to start it
3: as you wish I'm, I'm no gonna, it's literally okay, the then i'm gonna start um, start away the, the first thing that comes into my head uh, as a war story was actually one night i was out in drag mm. like the very beginning of my i just wanted to sh- yeah just painted and went to a club together with some friends but then i stayed alone um, I used to drink at the time, so I drank, I drank, and then there was this guy, and he was really cute, but he was trying to go to places he should not go. Um, and before I noticed, some there was something in my drink. Mm. Oh, no. He put something in my drink. Oh no! Um, I realized it a second after I took the zip because I felt like I I don't know this feeling. You got roofer. So I just <laughs> ran to the side and I had to take it off with shoving some fingers, Uh, it was still very traumatizing. Then I had security escorting me out uh, in a good way because they understood that something is off and I also told them that they might wanna check for the guy, but the actual worst story was me taking the taxi home (laughs) 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 because I still had this reflex within me. And at some point I just couldn't handle it anymore so I asked the driver to stop, which he didn't. So I just opened the door with one hand, I pulled my wig like a lady, and as the door was open and I am, yeah, cleansing myself, he kept on, he kept on driving.
2: Oh no! He
3: kept on driving. You're in the cab. I'm in the cab. And the, and the thing is that I was so, the, the situation was so surreal for me, I don't know why the only thing I thought of at the moment is that I hope nobody's filming it because I don't want to go viral from the wrong reasons (laughs) Mm. as you're leaving an oil Um, slip that was also the the only time ever I felt asleep with makeup because the second I arrived home I couldn't move so I stayed on the bed and I just said bitch sleep and that's it I'm very thankful that this is how this story ended, yeah. yeah. and I'm making sure to mention it whenever I get the chance, because we should all be very, very aware and protective of our safe spaces. Absolutely. Even at queer clubs, we need to take care of each other. I was lucky to be spotted by a security guy that helped me to find my way back, but it's a community issue, so...
0: Yeah. And if you know who he is, I'm cutting his ass. And Judy brings up a good point, though. I mean, safe spaces are the ones that need to be looked out for and protected the Completely. most because they become yeah. the easiest hunting ground. Because yeah. everyone's oh, understanding yeah. is, I can put my drink down. I know everyone here. And, and it's like,
3: our spaces. If yeah. we're not, right. like, every single time I'm in a party or a rave, I take at least two hours out of the 24, depends how good my dealer is, that I'm going to spend there um, to do people People mm. this is going to the toilet and making sure no groups are chit-chatting or having sex while actual bodies needs to use the toilet for what it meant and For me, it's a part of Protecting our spaces because yeah. if female bodies would not feel welcome or comfortable at our spaces Then what are they? Then for? No one's comfortable.
0: I mean if yeah. if all aren't comfortable yeah. then no one's comfortable alright, so my worst story um God, I've got so many of them. You do. (laughs) Um, For those of you that are just tuning in, uh, uh, I've had several recoveries, let's just say that. Um, All right, so I guess I'll tell the story of when I first came back to New York while living in Los Angeles, my first visit back to New York. I had to see my uh, best friend, Daniel, and him and I really went for it. Like, I think my plane landed at like 11 a.m. And no, but it would land at like 8 a.m., right? I think if you take the late night flight out of L.A. and then you add six hours. Yeah, so no, 11, 11 or noon, somewhere around there because you take the 10 or 11 o'clock. Unimportant. <laughs> yeah. Bring it we'll back. we going. We'll 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 <laughs> go. he, uh, he picked me up. He picked me up at the airport. Uh, he was one of the few New Yorkers that drove. And we had lunch, and at lunch we were hitting the wine, and then lunch turned into let's go watch the game. So that was beers and shots, and then that turned into let's call the guy. Um, and I think we took um, some lovey-dovey pills, for those of you at home that don't know, normally reserved for dance clubs, right? Mm-hmm. I could say drugs on here, whatever. We were taking drugs, I mean, um, And we go back to his place, and you know, it's one of those like long extended nights um, where you just keep drinking. Oh and yeah, talking, yeah, 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 you drink, and, and then you take a I pill really to like come, it like. Like. but you know, <laughs> we you just like sit around, And the gate is open. It's probably four o'clock in the morning and we're just bullshitting and drinking and he's on his phone and like, there's a comedy scene rolling. He goes outside, he's gonna go meet a guy that he's gonna bring back into the apartment and he doesn't take his keys with him and he's gone for like 10 minutes and so I'm popping another beer and I'm texting on my phone and I don't know what happened but I woke up like eight hours later and he's asleep on the front stoop of his own apartment. I have like 25,000 missed calls from him. And he's like, we were outside for like 10 minutes and then we were about to walk inside. And I was laying on the buzzer. I was calling him, I was like, sorry, we were, we were fucking rocking and rolling all day. Wow. So that's my worst story. I uh, drank way too much, fell asleep on my best friend and locked him out of his own apartment with his trick.
1: Wow, <laughs> great. I'm gonna make mine super quick. Uh, Judy and I were talking about like um, the double decker buses and like how the windows um, on the top bus, so like if you sit in the front row, you can see everything. You know, in the UK they have the double deckers, mm-hmm. and I was just telling her I was like I like a little bit of voyeurism, like I like being that exhibitionist. Uh, so I've done a couple of things on that first row on the double decker buses with the windows being wide open. But my war story to to lead into the being... <sighs> a little nasty, little freaky, little bitch, <laughs> was I was, in, uh, I was in Paris last year, and my hormones were just jumping, 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 jumping. So, like, nobody was on the train. I'm headed back to the airport, and usually when I get to the airport, I'm super fucking horny, so I'll make, I'll make a little video. You can check. You can catch me on X too, but I won't tell you what the, the handle is. Just DM me. Um, is I decided I'm like I'm gonna make me little video on the train. You know I'm always looking to see if any cameras are are around or anything, but I put the camera out in front of the front seat and like there's a couple people behind me, but nobody in front of me, so I'm just there, just like giving a nice of so just wank on the camera, like just <laughs> giving it, in, like ka ka ka, you know. And then out of, out of nowhere, the, go, the train goes and like slams on the brakes to the next station. And then intercom comes on. Of course, it's in French, so I have no, what the hell they saying. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck. The camera saw me. <laughs> and I literally put all my stuff back in, put my camera back away, duh, 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 sit there. And I'm thinking, they caught my fucking ass. They caught me and, the and dirty i'm jerk. not going to jail here in paris on the way back honey i'm like please jesus please and so like the doors open up and like four people come straight towards me and i'm like bitch, this is the moment And they're like tickets sir it was their controller who was just looking to see if there were tickets around for anything and i was like oh here you go here's my ticket and literally was like freaking out on that oh moment, God, so. He's like, why are you covered in sweats?" sir? Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> why you breathing so hard, why, you know? And so that was my war story of like. Why your hands so slippery? You know, like getting, no, I don't use lip, it's, it's too messy. Still gotta get to the airport. So like, I make sure that I um do it really fast next time. And that's my war story. <laughs> Take us home, Danielle.
2: Okay, so my story is uh the first time I ever tried G. Which I didn't oh. consent to either, but I was I was uh, 18 years old. I was living in my first apartment out of high school, and I was living with this kid who was like really into raves. And I was working at Starbucks at the time, so I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, I know this story. And I was like, I didn't do, I didn't drink. I was like such a good kid, and like he would come home from the rave at like four or five in the morning with all of his friends. They called themselves the Skittle Kids or something, because they would <laughs> pick a color from Skittles and put it in their Smirnoff ice. And then that would they would all dress in the same co- like their color for the night. They'd come home, they'd have like large orgies in the middle of our living room. I hey. was so new to the whole world. I was like, what's wow. happening? They called me the troll at the end of the hall because I would, <laughs> oh I would be like, Can everybody please be quiet? That's not go to good work. Or, that's not a good
1: reference honey.
2: So then so then there was there there was one morning because I was also going to school, like university at the after I would work at Starbucks in the morning. I, I, like, I would get up, like, take my little shower, like, go into the kitchen, like, make a little orange juice, make a little toast, go take my shower. So, come to find for the first time, they had dosed my orange juice (laughs) without telling me, of course, because they were like, let's calm this bitch down. So
1: I'm like, (laughs) like, troll down.
2: I'm like, like, drinking my orange juice, got my, like, backpack on for school. Everything's covered in lube. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. And then I like walking to work and I was like, What is happening? Like, so fucked up. They did it like five more times.
1: They put a lot in there <laughs> wow. because like zero point five is not a lot, but like yeah. put two gr- you put
2: two... But if you're if you're a kid who's like never done drugs True, true, true. But oh, yeah, if you my just need to alcohol was like a you know, like a Smirnoff off ice or like a, maybe a light beer once in a while. Um but yeah, that was uh, Fun
0: time. Well, you survived it. Your breathing didn't Yeah, start. I'm great. She yeah, yeah. now only does it on the weekends. I have had uh, so much fun today, as previously mentioned. So much. I Just love to it. remind you, you can find our lovely guest, Judy La Divina at Judy La Divina yeah, on Instagram. But the best way to see her is to come to a show.
1: Which, uh, by the way, we'll plug in right now. Judy and I and FKA will be doing a show on Friday if you are around in Berlin or listening. But you probably won't be, but you should catch us anyways. Well, they'll be listening. The they'll show listening. will just yeah, have already, already happened. The show will already happened
2: in the past, but yeah.
1: But you can but catch we're us. We're excited for it. Yeah. yeah. it happen yeah. in the future. Yeah, exactly. There will be more coming up from this Absolutely. beautiful people coming up. Well, thank you very
0: much
3: yes, for being thank here. You. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
1: Danielle, thanks for
3: keeping
0: our shit together as always. I know it's not a fucking easy job. It's definitely thankless. I'll tell you that. Say bye, Danielle.
2: Bye, Danielle.
0: And I'm here with my favorite lovely co-host. And I'm Papa Bear. Remember, out there somewhere loves you, but if not, it's not true. Love yourself.